It was Thursday, the 21st of May, 2020. India was in phase 4 of a nationwide lockdown to contain the spread of the novel coronavirus. At around 4:15 p.m. in the afternoon, Warangal police recovered four dead bodies from an unused well in Gorakunta village in Warangal district in Telangana. The bodies were sent to postmortem. However, the next day on 22nd May at around 6:35 a.m., a local man saw another dead body floating around in the same well. He immediately called the police. The police teams after draining the well discovered a total of 5 dead bodies including one of a child. The deceased were identified as Maksud aged 55, a native of West Bengal working in a gunny bag manufacturing unit in Warangal for the last 20 years. His wife Nisha aged about 48 years daughter Bushra Khatun aged about 22 sons Shabaz Alam aged 20 Sohel Alam aged 18 and Bushra's 3 year old son the remaining bodies were of Shriram Kumar Shah aged 26 Sham Kumar Shah aged 21 both natives of Bihar and Mohammed Shakil aged 40 a native of Tripura they were all workers in the same gunny bag manufacturing unit the police initially believed that these deaths could have been a mass suicide driven by the lack of employment or food during the lockdown however when the five new bodies were discovered the next day they began to investigate other reasons like family feuds or mass ritual suicide but the story the investigation would reveal around 72 hours later would not be too far from bollywood thriller namaste namaskaram Welcome to today's Khuni Shorty. How are you guys doing? I'm not doing very well. I mean, it's already June 2020 and this whole situation has finally got into me. This year has just been relentless. I hope you all are doing things you like and managing to keep your head above water. I just wanted to check in with you all. Also, there's just one more thing I want to say before I begin today's show. India and the US have failed their minorities and fuck the police really right i've said my piece so today the true crime story that i am going to talk about happened literally a few weeks ago and around 150 to 200 kilometers from where i live yep pretty close home in fact my mother spent a major part of her school life in warangal where this story took place Right before I forget a big thank you to my friend Ravali and her mom for this episode suggestion. <laughs> right, let's begin. Maksud migrated from West Bengal to Gorakunta village in Warangal around 20 years ago with his wife Nisha. They made their living working as gunny bag makers in the gunny bag factory in the village. For those who don't know, 
A gunny bag is basically a burlap bag made out of jute fiber. But our story does not begin here. Our story begins around four to five years ago. At at that time, they were working in another factory in Kirti Nagar in Gorakhunta. It was at this time that they met Sanjay Kumar Yadav. Sanjay was also another migrant from Bihar who came to Barangal looking for work. He had studied till class 3 and I could not find out why he dropped out or if he was me to drop out. Basically, that's all the information we have about his life growing up. Anyway, the family became good friends with him and began to watch over him because he was living alone and like any family, they took him under their wing. While this was happening, Nisha's elder sister's daughter, Rafika, came to Warangal from West Bengal with her three children in tow. Apparently, her husband was abusing her and she feared for her life and the life of her two little boys and her little girl and ran away to her aunt's place to try and rebuild her life. To help her out, Maksud also put her to work in the gunny bag factory. Sanjay met Rafika, who was then living with Maksud's family. Her kids took to him very easily and they all adored him. Initially, Rafika used to send cooked meals to Sanjay because he lived alone and he used to pay her for the food. But soon, like in all doomed love stories, Rafika fell head over heels in love with Sanjay. And for the longest time, Sanjay seemed to reciprocate it. And a few months later, they moved into another one-bedroom flat together with Rafika's three kids. And for a couple of years, they played happy families. For everyone around them, they were a young couple in love. And Sanjay took to the role of the kid's father like a fish takes to water. Within this time, Rafika's little girl grew into a teenager. And Sanjay's eye began to wander. He could not keep his eyes and later his hands of Rafika's girl. He started making advances towards her and slowly began to misbehave with the child. This child, by the way, who was and is still a minor. Rafika noticed this and became furious. And rightfully so. Here was a man who claimed to be in love with her and now he's trying to seduce her little girl. An angry Rafika confronted Sanjay and admonished him about his behaviour towards her daughter. She asked him what happened to the promises of marriage that he made to her and why did her young daughter catch his eye. She warned Sanjay that he better stay away from her daughter or she would file a police complaint against him for trying to misbehave with her daughter. Sanjay broke down and apologized. He promised Rafika that his heart only had space for her and he loved no one else. He told her he wanted to take her to West Bengal so he could ask her parents for her hand in marriage. Rafika was elated. To her, it seemed like her whole life was coming together again. On 6th March 2020, Rafika decided to leave her children in the care of Maksud and his family. She was very happy. Sanjay and her were taking the Garibrat tomorrow to her parents' house in West Bengal. Right, for those who don't know, Garibrat is a train in uh, India. 
Sanjay and Rafika got into the train on the evening of 7th March 2020. As you could all guess by now, things did not go as to plan. Rafika's plan that is. While in the train, Sanjay mixed sleeping pills in buttermilk that he had bought, which later Rafika consumed. Once the pills took effect and Rafika was knocked out, Sanjay strangled her with her dupatta. This man clearly did not want to leave anything to chance. He then pushed her out of the running train near Nidubrolu village in Andhra Pradesh at around 3 a.m. After pushing her off the train, he got down the train in Rajamandri and took another train home. His intentions were clear. He saw Rafika as an obstacle to marry her daughter. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the man is 26. and the girl is possibly around 12 to 14 years old a case was registered by the tadepalli railway police after rafika's body was found on the railway tracks the police also noted that the dupatta was still around her neck her body remained unidentified as no one claimed to find it but the police continued the investigation and kept the file open now two weeks had passed since sanjay returned home in this meantime the lockdown had started people were all staying in their houses nobody was moving around and at this point nisha and maksud began to ask questions about the whereabouts of rafika and sanjay began to give them flimsy excuses like rafika decided to stay back in her parents town because of the corona virus or she was unable to get a train to come back or she was scared of coming back etc However, Maksud and Nisha kept asking him. After a few days, Maksud even called West Bengal to find out about Rafika, and he found out that Rafika had never even reached her relative's house. Maksud and Nisha threatened Sanjay, saying that they will file a police complaint about him. At this point, I can't figure out why they didn't go ahead and. file this police complaint it would have ended up saving their lives i mean sometimes human behavior just baffles all of us and this is one of those times or maybe they just felt that this is a family matter or they felt that rafika and sanjay were just fighting and rafika would come back home eventually no one knows no idea but even if we don't know that we don't know one thing We know that Sanjay does not take lightly to threats. You saw what he did with Rafika. He was also very angry at Maksud's family as well. He still wanted to marry Rafika's daughter, but there were so many obstacles on his way. He needed to find a way to clear his path. Sanjay began to plot. He started observing the family and the premises on which they lived. Sanjay started going to their house every day from the 16th of May to the fateful 20th of May pretending that he was only coming to check in with them because of the lockdown. He noted where the kitchen was placed in the house. He saw that there was an unused well near the house. He measured the distance from the house to the well and slowly an evil nefarious plan began to form in his mind. even though he studied only up to class 3 sanjay was adept at using youtube 
he in fact used youtube to find out everything about how to murder and how to cover up a murder where to buy poison how much poison to buy and how much poison is needed to kill a person and other things like that yeah basically your basic serial killer faqs <laughs> it was on one of these reconnaissance missions that he found out that 20th may was maksud's son shahbaz's birthday and decided to strike then on the 18th of may in preparation he bought around 60 to 90 sleeping pills from three or four medical shops in hanumakonda junction in varangal on the 20th at around 6:30 in the evening he cycled his way to maksud's house to attend shahbaz's son's birthday party as it was summer the family was sitting out in the veranda of the building as it would be cooler taking advantage of this sanjay quietly slipped inside and into the kitchen and emptied the sleeping pills into the dal dal is lentil soup for those who don't know and is a staple indian food he then slipped out and joined the rest of them in the party by now we all noticed that sanjay does not like taking chances he also stealthily slipped into the upstairs portion of the house where the family neighbors lived and poisoned their food as well sanjay knew that they saw him enter the premises and he did not want any strands slowly the pills began to take effect and people started passing out at around 12 12:30 am sanjay slowly began to put all the bodies into individual gunny bags and drag them into the well once he finished with maksud's family he went upstairs and dragged the upstairs neighbors shriram and sham's bodies into the well as well from 12:30 am to 5 am sanjay carefully and painstakingly managed to dump all nine bodies into the well the worst part is they were all alive they died of drowning and not of the sleeping pills after this he took all the identifiable belongings and receipts from the house and cycled back to his house in the next two days as i already told you the bodies were found in the well multiple police teams made hectic efforts to gather evidence in this sensational case which was proving to be a challenge for all the investigators and during the investigation the police relied on cctv camera footage cell phone signals to place sanjay at the crime scene he was seen on cctv cameras while he was cycling to maksud's house and cycling away from maksud's house look honestly this by itself does not prove anything but they also found witnesses who corroborated that there was some tension between rafika and sanjay in the last few days because sanjay was making advances towards her young daughter thus establishing a motive police took sanjay into custody on the afternoon of the 25th exactly 72 hours after he murdered an entire family and their neighbors in cold blood police claimed that sanjay confessed and gave them the details of his misdeeds and also of rafika's murder 
Currently, Rafika's children have been placed in a welfare home and they'll be sent back to West Bengal. What is mind-blowing is how minutely this guy planned his entire killing spree. He literally committed nine murders to cover up one murder. Though, one of the questions I have is how did he manage to get 60 to 90 sleeping pills at the same time? I mean... Honestly, they don't sell sleeping pills without prescription anywhere. And that was during the time of lockdown. And I'm pretty sure the police are also investigating this. Again, I read my fair share of newspapers and news articles apart from watching the press conferences that were given by the Polish commissioner in this case. And a few theories were floating around here and there. So basically, a few newspapers have stated that Rafika's ex-husband helped Sanjay and that Sanjay had sought the help of an auto driver named Mohan to dispose of the bodies. But at least in the press conference, the police commissioner rubbished all of these. We'll see. This is an ongoing investigation. Maybe the police will find out more. Right. The police are still gathering evidence in this matter to help them file a charge sheet. Now, I think it's better if I explain what a charge sheet is. In India, a charge sheet is prepared after the first information reports and charges an individual for the crimes that are specified in the FIRs. This happens after the police finish their investigation in a case. And once the charge sheet has been submitted to the court of law, the court decides as to who among the accused has sufficient prima facie evidence against them to be put on trial. Right. Now, the Warangal police in a press conference said that there would be 10 counts of murder pressed against Sanjay under Section 302 of the Indian Penal Code, which deals with murder. So, this overall promises to be a very gripping case and I promise to keep you all updated as and when there is any update or development in this case. Wow, guys, there you have it. Our first true crime story that is still under investigation. I chose this case because it was very close home and quite juicy to ignore. I mean, I literally heard some four or five news channel reports and a couple of press conferences. Yeah, while I was researching. Yeah, yeah. A couple of those press conferences were live. Yeah, I, I was pretty involved in this matter. Did you like this? Would you like us to try and cover more of these uh, cases that are live and upcoming let us know and as usual please subscribe rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and do keep writing to us and like we always say keep it interactive i kept the jokes to a minimum in this shorty well because right now the world around me is not letting any jokes form in my head so anyway see you monday until then have a safe week wash your hands and Recognize your privilege and stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. Bye.